Hey friends, as a lot of you know, I'm Global Methodist Clergy now. I was ordained a couple months ago and I'm an elder. I'm serving two churches right now that are not affiliated with the Global Methodist Church. However, might be they're going through a discernment time. Part of that discernment is just learning about the different Wesleyan bodies and, and what ethos they have. Um, a, an important thing is what doctrine they have on paper, but as those of us coming out of the United Methodist Church know, it uh, doesn't always matter what's on paper. So an ethos can kind of take over an organization where it really doesn't matter what's in writing, uh, matters more who is in leadership and who's holding the levers of power. So I got an email from the Global Methodist Church a couple days ago where it had an article attached to it called Watch Us Grow. This is what it looks like here. I'm going to walk through the article and um, it is very much based on an ethos of church growth. So there you find a picture of a big sanctuary with lots of kids. And this is something that a lot of people's hearts yearn for. This looks like vitality. This looks like growth. This looks like the future. And this is um, a, a, a pretty confident article written by Keith Boyette, who is at the top of the church structure right here. So this, this is going to kind of give you and me kind of an idea. I've read through it once. I'm going to read through it again here on this video and just offer some thoughts and reflections about what this is meant to communicate to churches that are looking at potentially joining up, as well as those who are just reflecting on the larger milieu of Wesleyan options. So let's read through this article together for a minute. Fifteen months from its launch, the Global Methodist Church continues to grow and mature. Much has occurred in the 15-month period fueled by an army of dedicated, passionate, committed Christ followers, and we are only just beginning. The numbers only tell part of the story. We now have 3,100 congregations and 3,400 clergy aligned with the Global Methodist Church with more added weekly. So that is uh, the second largest Wesleyan denomination in the United States behind maybe the Nazarenes, the Church of the Nazarene. I was recently looking at their stats, and I think they're actually larger than the United Methodist Church now. Unless I misread those numbers, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the case. So it, it could be that um, the Global Methodist Church is now the third largest Wesleyan denomination, which really isn't bad for only being a little older than a year old. Of course, the reality is the vast majority of Global Methodist churches, at least in the United States, are former United Methodist churches. So I was trying to find screenshots of, I remember there was a, a text, not a text, a, a tweet by uh, Karen Oliveto, which was really taking issue with the GMC. I don't remember if she used the word poaching, but the, the notion was that the GMC is poaching United Methodist churches. And there's, a, I, I meant to do a whole segment on, I might have deleted the screenshots. This was three months ago when I was looking at it. But there were her and a few others really making digs at the GMC, getting its ill-gotten gains off of the United Methodist Church. And of course, the reality is that a lot of United Methodists and, and United Methodist churches have been hungering for a more loyal and orthodox, traditional expression of the Wesleyan faith after the UMC got co-opted. And so, yeah, the GMC was uh, formed for churches and people like that. Now, it remains to be seen how much momentum it can maintain after the, 
doors close and disaffiliation is not really an option anymore. But 3,100 congregations, 3,400 clergy is, is quite a big deal. Uh, back to the article. In the past 15 months, we have organized regional bodies in the Alabama Emerald Coast, Allegheny West, Bulgaria, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Eastern Texas, Great Lakes, Mid-Texas, North Alabama, North Carolina, the Philippines, Slovakia, South Carolina, South Georgia, Spain, and West Plains. Soon, additional regional bodies will begin operating in Florida, the Heartland, that's my area, the Mid-South, Mississippi West, Tennessee, the Northeast, the Upper Midwest, Virginia, and the West. Discussions and organizing efforts are underway in a number of countries in Africa, Asia, Europe, Mexico, and South America. So this is showing, one, I, I, I think it was really wise and fitting that they don't line out the conferences outside of the United States from those inside of the United States. Rather, they're just in alphabetical order because the Global Methodist Church is going to treat all people equally, unlike the United Methodist Church, which relegates anyone outside of the United States to second-class citizenship, where you're whether you're talking about the judicial, not judicial, um, jurisdictional conference system, or you're talking about not allowing people outside of the United States to disaffiliate. Uh, it's worth remembering Tom Bickerton, on behalf of the Council of Bishops, said straight up, Paragraph 2553 simply cannot be used for non-Americans. Um, even though he doesn't really have the authority to do that, everybody just kind of went along with it. So right here, this is signaling Keith Boyette and the, the leadership of the GMC treat non-Americans on the same exact level as Americans. And that's a, a good sign. It's also a good sign. Not only Nobody's surprised that the GMC is probably getting off the ground in Africa, but also in Asia, Europe, Mexico, South America. These are regions that uh, the United Methodist Church, other than the Philippines in Asia, and the GMC is getting off the ground in, in the Philippines as well. But, I mean, these are regions that the United Methodist Church is not very active in. And so what this is signaling is the GMC really does seem to have legs outside of the United Methodist Church. This seems to be something that is either bringing Wesleyan bodies that are already in place together or maybe even planting new churches. So let's get back into the article because I, I remember it does talk about new churches. It's worth noting, I believe, that, that between the ones that are already established or about to be established, we've got about 25 annual conferences already established, well, in, in the process of being established. So in this brief, relatively brief amount of time, they are constructing quite an infrastructure. So sometimes people get frustrated with the GMC that um, there's not a whole lot of infrastructure created like they're used to in the United Methodist Church. It's really kind of an unfair critique because they've been like building this bridge while they're walking across it. They've created a tremendous amount of infrastructure in the short time that they've been together. All right, back to the, the article. A key missional priority for the Global Methodist Church is a commitment to multiplication. We celebrate the more than 100 new global Methodist churches that are being planted around the world. Most are entirely new churches, while a few have occurred as a result of local churches not reaching the required vote to disaffiliate. So in case it needs to be said, a lot of churches 
So what, what's happening right now is a reshuffling of the deck. We, we're having these votes all around the United Methodist Church where sometimes they clear 66.6% plus one, uh, and people leave that wanted to stay with the UMC and they start a new UMC church or they go to what I think they're calling lighthouse churches. There are also these scenarios where they don't clear that threshold and there is a, a sizable chunk, uh, whether it be a minority or majority, just not 66%, that uh, want to be part of the Global Methodist Church. So they leave that church and they start a new church. So that does comprise a lot of these new church plants, but it's not all of them. There are just some new church plants out of the vitality and vigor that they currently have. New churches have been planted, this is the article again, been planted in the Middle East, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Canada, the Philippines, and throughout the U.S. Plans are underway to plant new congregations in Chicago and Los Angeles, as well as in countless communities across the U.S. Some of these new churches have received assessment, training, and coaching through our partnership with the River Network. I don't really know much about the River Network yet. I don't know if it's GMC-specific. Maybe I'll do a report on them. Later, if anybody has experience with them, go ahead and, and write it in the comments. I'm interested to know. Back to the article. Grants for some of the new church plants are now available through the GM Church's partnership with Asbury Theological Seminary. Asbury made a half a million dollar matching gift to fund such grants, and donors to the GM Church have contributed $280,000 thus far in matching funds. Additionally, a fourth group of church multipliers will begin a journey as Multipliers Learning Community Cohort, MLC. I wonder if that's an acronym i got to learn now. In partnership with Exponential, this fall designed to equip persons to fulfill our missional priority of being a multiplying movement, there is still room for additional participants in the MLC cohort. Email me if you're interested. So what he's doing now, I believe, is establishing an ethos in the GMC of growth and multiplication. So, of course, this is something that all denominations aim at. I remember in the United Methodist Church, it was regularly on the agenda, hey, we got to plant churches, we got to multiply, we've got to grow, we want growing churches, we want youth, we want vitality. And then every few years, there's a new kind of evangelistic uh, thing that's in vogue that they would adopt and say, okay, this will get the young people, this will cause multiplication. What we're about to see is whether or not the Global Methodist Church can actually make good on this aspiration. The The hopes are high, and the momentum is, is, is incredible right now, but how much of that momentum is just people excitedly leaving the United Methodist Church, and then how much of it is actually something new being formed? The reason I'm a little skeptical about this is because the doctrine and discipline of the GMC, it doesn't seem to me is, is really being emphasized nearly as much as just, hey, we got to get everybody out and aren't we excited to be together? And that's not to degrade that. I, I think that is exciting and fun. I've, I've personally participated in some of these gatherings. It's fun to have these big Worship experiences and big gatherings, groups of people happy to be free of this uh, institution that took our money and used it against us and continued to elevate people in positions of authority over us who, who hated us. Like, yes, it's great to be free of that, but I, I want to know, and maybe I just need to check out the river, what was it called, the River Network? 
uh, yeah, that's what it was called. Maybe I just need to check them out and see, you know, do they have a unique approach to evangelism that's more effective than what the UMC was doing? Because from what I could tell in the United Methodist Church, the only effective church growth and church planting was done by simple demographics. You just find an area that is growing and you plant a church there and people who are looking for a church will plug in. Um, there's also the attractional model of church that's, that's um, from what I can tell, big in United Methodist church planting. I, I wonder how much of that is affected by GMC. Um, I also, as I, I look at this, I wonder about this new ethos, how much of it is the, the old school kind of high church concern uh, of Methodism, which is focused on liturgy and order, doctrine, discipline, and then how much of it is kind of a new uh, contemporary, unstructured, uh, feelings-oriented church ethos. And of course, we would like for all of it to fit together, but I haven't really seen many places where these things are kept in balance. And so I, I happen to notice that as I'm watching a lot of global Methodist gatherings, the, the old school stuff is there, but it's usually just the ordination service. And outside of the ordination services, everything is contemporary, everything is kind of unstructured, very feelings-oriented, lots of uh, colors and lights and loud sound. Um, the, I'm wondering if this is something that is not just um, a coincidence, but is, is an ethos that's being designed at the top of saying, look, we're young, we're hip, we're new. Yes, we have leadership that came out of the UMC, but we really are going to be focused on a different ethos of the than the UMC. So these are things that I'm just wondering about out loud. I'm not making any kind of conclusions whatsoever. You just have to wait and see. But also, you know, if if you saw my interview with Bishop Scott Jones, he was very clear that where the spirit is, there is growth. And so this is a theological conviction, at least that Bishop Jones has, that it seems to me that, that Mr. Boyette also has, where um, if the Holy Spirit is present, you can count on there being multiplication and growth. So regardless of whatever uh, uh, demographics are taking uh, influence in America, whether or not the nuns are on the rise and antipathy towards the Christian faith is, is what's going on, uh, a lot of GMC leadership seems to believe that if the Holy Spirit is present, then the tides will turn and the GMC will be successful at church growth and multiplication. And so you've got to admire that optimism and that confidence. You know, this the title of this article was Watch Us Grow. You know, just sit and watch. You know, if if we were beer drinkers, it'd be the equivalent of saying, Hold my beer, you know, watch watch what I do. And so um I you gotta admire that. Let's let's get back into the article. Multiplication does not happen without visionary, spirit-filled leadership. The GM Church has partnered with the International Leadership Institute to provide training in eight core values that are at the heart of being a multiplying movement, intimacy with God, passion for the harvest, visionary leadership, culturally relevant evangelism, multiplication of leaders, family priority, faithful stewardship, and integrity. I'm going to look at those one more time. Intimacy with God, passion for the harvest, visionary leadership, culturally relevant evangelism. 
Mm. See, that's what got the UMC in trouble, wasn't it? Because we, in the UMC, we we eventually lost out to the culture. The culture overwhelmed us. So how is it that you do culturally relevant? That's a dangerous word, relevant. You know, who says what's relevant? And then, mm, that, we'll see how we do. Multiplication of leaders, family priority. If that means we're just prioritizing healthy families, that's great. Faithful stewardship, that probably means money, and integrity. That's, yep, that's key. Okay, well, that all sounds good, except for maybe the culturally relevant evangelism. That's, we'll see. Uh, the GM Church's Transitional Leadership Council and most of the presidents pro tempore of our provisional annual conference will participate in a week of training addressing these core values in September. Our goal is to see such training offered in each of our regional bodies. Allegheny West and North Alabama have already committed to offer such training in their areas. So we're going to be seeing, this isn't going to be behind closed doors, we're going to be seeing, they're going to be training all global Methodist areas in these priorities. Who was it doing that training? The International Leadership Institute. Let's take a look at them because I don't know anything about the International Leadership. Oh. Accelerating the spread of the gospel. They seem to have similar branding to the GMC. I wonder how they're affiliated. The uh, West Griffin. Hmm. Okay, I'll check them out after this uh, this uh, this segment. All right, let's uh, let's get back to the article. Multiplication does not happen without visionary. Oh wait, that's the one that I just did. Okay. Our commitment to enhanced biblical teaching and preaching has resulted in the release of our catechism, which has already sold over 16,000 copies, as many congregations are using it in transformational small groups, Bible studies, and new member classes. So if you haven't checked out the, the catechism, that's, that's a good thing to do. You should look at it. The GM Church is committed to maintaining a small general church footprint. That means not having a lot of money involved in big bureaucracy like the United Methodist Church. Striving to keep bureaucracy and institution to a minimum, we have a small general church staff which is only growing to the extent that circumstances demand. We recently added a treasurer slash chief financial officer, Jeff Pospisil, and two full-time employees in our benefits office. So if you haven't seen my interview with Jeff Pospisil, the guy's great. He has he is he is as close as perfect to perfect as it gets with um, his values and orientation, um, he, he alone, I think, should be the selling point, a good enough selling point to convince churches to seriously consider the GMC. Um, it's so rare to find somebody with a good theology of money, and the guy's got it. So if you haven't checked out my interview with him, you really should. Back to the article. Consequently, general church connectional funding is only 1% of a local church's operating income. We are grateful for the many churches. So the general church is is the whole denomination. When local churches join the GMC, I think what's being asked generally right now is about 4%. They've made a commitment never to go above 6%. I'm spitballing here. I should hold on to these numbers in my head. I haven't. But apportionments, they don't call them apportionments in the GMC. But the the ask, askings are never going to get as high as the UMC. The UMC, I think, on average was 12% of a local church's income. I just learned that in Nigeria, it's 30% of a local church's income. You can't have that in the GMC. 
Um, we are grateful. Let's see. I'll just start at the beginning of that paragraph again. Consequently, general church connectional funding is only 1% of the local church's operating income. We are grateful for the many churches that are currently remitting such funds, enabling significant ministry to occur worldwide. Yet the amount churches are contributing to fund general church operations is significantly less than churches expended before aligning with the GM church. The general church is providing services for the benefits of local churches that include managing and processing health, life, and disability insurance, retirement benefits, and GM church-wide child safety and protection program ministry safe. So if you enjoyed a lot of the structure of the United Methodist Church and how they kind of took care of a lot of those details for your local church, the GMC seems to be taking care of those things pretty well. Annual conference, this is the article again, connectional funding is also significantly less than churches paid previously and range between 1% and 5% of a local church's operating income. Yet our provisional annual conferences are committed to global partnerships, linking conferences in one part of the world with conferences elsewhere. What I think this is saying is when there's an impoverished part of the world, obviously they can't carry the same weight as a very privileged part of the world like here in Oklahoma. So there's going to be partnerships between us and, and less privileged areas where we can gladly share our resources and blessings with one another. Recently, this is the article again, the Bulgaria Provisional Annual Conference committed to a plan to be self-sufficient in five years, and the Mid-Texas Provisional Annual Conference partnered with them to provide funds to undergird this effort as Bulgaria makes this transition. In addition to the financial commitment, the two Provisional Annual Conferences will explore significant ways in which they can be involved in one another's ministries and build personal relationships among their churches, clergy, and laity. So hopefully this is going to be stronger than what the United Methodist Church afforded through the general board of uh, the missions one. Which one is that? Um, but that we, the, the UMC has an amazing international missions program where it distributed millions of dollars a year, but the problem was local churches didn't usually feel much of a connection to any one particular location or context. It was just spread out, and it became a very impersonal thing. Uh, hopefully the Global Methodist Church is going to be better at establishing more of like an interpersonal uh, ministry cooperative uh, feeling between conferences in different parts of the world, so it really does feel like uh, a global connection where we are connected to believers in other countries and cultures. That would be, I, I think that would be really good for children in particular to be raised in churches where they're going, hey, church isn't just in America, it's around the world and we have a special connection in Slovakia or the DRC. So we'll see how that formulates, but I, I think that that'd be great. Back to the article, work is underway to hold the Global Methodist Church's convening general conference in the late summer or fall of 2024. The most significant ministry occurs daily in the communities served by Global Methodist Churches around the world. Please join me in praying that every local church, every clergy person, and every lay person will be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit so that we will be fully equipped to introduce our neighbors to Jesus and help them become his fully devoted disciples. Give thanks for what God has already done in a very short time in the Global Methodist Church. And so that's, if you don't know who Keith Boyette is, he's the Transitional Connectional Officer for the GMC, its Chief Executive and Administrative Officer. 
So one of these days I might try and get an interview with, with Keith. I know he's about the most, uh, the busiest person in the GMC right now, tied very closely with uh, the, do we have three active bishops now and three uh, retired bishops? I'm, I'm forgetting. I, I should do a report just on that. But as we uh, add more structure to the top, the, the work is not going away. There's a ton of work that needs to be done, and, and Keith is doing it well. He's very responsive, and as you saw in this article, he actually invites people to write him emails if they want to come alongside him with some of those priorities. So ways to pray for the GMC, I, I think it's good, even if, you know, there are personally things that, that concern me or go, hey, you know, maybe they're leaving, they're focusing on one thing when I'd have them focus on another. We want the GMC to thrive and flourish, and so I, I think it's good just to pray for them that they would be faithful in their walk with the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit would bless the ministry and work and mission of the the Global Methodist Church, I, I I pray that all the time that it's not a United Methodist Church 2.0, but that it really reclaims in a a very powerful sense the Wesleyan heritage and pushes back against the culture in ways that the UMC didn't have the integrity or drive to. The um the 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 ethos of multiplication and growth, I think, can be good. The problem for me, the corrective that I have is I think a lot of churches worship at the altar not of faithfulness but of church growth, and whenever it comes between faithfulness and church growth, I think there are some leaders that just can't acknowledge that. They'll just say, no, anytime you are faithful, there will be growth. But uh, if your theological understanding allows for situations where you have to make a choice between being faithful and growing your church or even maintaining your church, I'm of the mind that you have to choose faithfulness and that that means that sometimes churches are going to shrink or even die depending on what God chooses to do in any, any given area. I'm, I'm of the mind that you can't make God do things that he doesn't want to do. So I think, well, and I think people on the other side of this would say that as well. They would just say God always wants to grow. God always wants to save. So if you're working with God, he is going to grow. Uh, your church. He is going to multiply your church. And um, I guess I'm just going to watch and see. It could be that I'm wrong in this. I've just seen so many situations where pastors had to be faithful and, and the result was not growth. And so I, I think that puts people in a position of saying, well, then they weren't actually faithful, you know. And I'm, I'm not in a position where I can say things like that. But I, I think for right now, it's great for us to be optimistic and really push, hey, let's grow, let's multiply, Let's succeed where the UMC failed. Let's have a new and different ethos that, that really prioritizes doing what, what works, not just in our intentions, but what actually practically works in targeting new communities, building new churches, having growth and vitality, and doing what it takes to uh, serve the present age, our calling to fulfill. So um, pray for the GM Church and the, their leadership in particular. They're just constantly overwhelmed, and they're trying to make good on this promise to have a low overhead, but they're also trying to give churches all the benefits that they're used to having under the UMC with, with reasonable expectations that, yeah, this is, this is not going to be the same thing. So if you've been on the fence watching the GMC, I, I think a lot of people are very drawn to this. They want to be part of something exciting and vital. I, I, I'm personally excited about Spain <laughs> and South America. I'm excited about growth in, 
and reaching areas that the United Methodist Church doesn't even seem to have been interested in or growing in. I wonder how much the culture of the GMC is going to shift as we include more non-American voices and as we try and figure out a shared ethos, a shared international ethos, as of course is the, the promise of the Bible. Um, when we all achieve the mind of Christ, then these national boundaries and cultures fall away, and then it's just the culture of Christ Jesus prevailing, and if that means that America must decrease, that other places might increase, so be it. I, uh, I'm excited to see what the Holy Spirit chooses to bless. So let's continue to pray for the GMC and watch how things go and earnestly participate if we're inside and readily consider if we're on the outside. All right, I'll see you guys. Uh, I'll be doing live stream uh, depending on when this comes out, either tomorrow or later today. Um, so Friday at uh, 4 o'clock Central Standard Time, if you want to join me, I'd love to see you. All right.